This is an APTA podcast. Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. I want to welcome listeners to this latest PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty, and I'm very pleased to have as my guest today, Dr. Aaron Kyle, clinical associate professor. He's in the Department of Physical Therapy at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Welcome, Dr. Kyle. Thank you for having me, Dr. Jetty. Really appreciate it. I look forward to our discussion. The title of Dr. Kyle and colleagues' paper, which was a uh, review, systematic review, or actually was a perspective, I think. Correct. Is uh, referral for imaging and physical therapist practice, key recommendations for successful implementation. Let me start by saying I really enjoyed your piece. I thought it was quite thoughtful and very current. Let, let me start our discussion by asking you how prevalent is referral for imaging by PTs in the United States today? Is it very prevalent? You know, uh, the main reason my colleagues and I decided to write the paper was, was the answer to that question. And it's, it's no, unfortunately, it's not. And we all feel that with the advance of direct access, there's been so much success in that regard over the last decade or so. Physical therapists are functioning in, in first contact roles more and more now across our country. And yet this, we feel foundational privilege to refer for imaging directly really ha- has not come along uh, in the same regard, unfortunately. So we saw a need to, to maybe comment on that. Now, what's striking as I read your uh, piece is the evidence that exists on effectiveness is quite positive. I mean, you make reference to associations with fewer surgeries, lower cost of care, increased patient satisfaction, enhanced appropriate access to orthopedic surgeons, reduced waiting times for warranted imaging, um, and reduced low-value imaging, which is quite impressive. So given those positive findings, why do you think the prevalence of PTs doing referral for imaging is so low? Personally, I feel like it's very similar to the challenges we've had with direct access. Um, In many states, direct access was allowed for for quite some time before frontline providers started to implement those privileges. So I think simple awareness is an issue. We um, know of states that have had imaging privileges for for quite some time now, and yet... um, it really has not been adopted, at least not widespread in that state to any degree. And the only thing that we can say about that is maybe therapists just simply don't know yet that, that one, they're allowed, and, and two, the outcomes when using appropriate guidelines to order imaging are actually excellent, as, as you just mentioned. What about the military in the US? Do you know if it's um, something that's done fairly widely in the military? Yeah, excellent question. It, it is, and it has been for decades. 
our military colleagues um, serve as a great example to us in the civilian world about what is really normative. And so there's pretty good data on, on how um, PTs have used imaging and other advanced privileges in the military. The data is coming for the civilian world, but in fact, some, some of our colleagues on the paper are either current military folks or prior military experience. What about internationally? Is the picture different in some of the European or other countries around the globe? Very different. Um, we're, we're kind of falling behind, I think, on this one, unfortunately. Uh, Dr. Lance Mabry uh, has published um, on this topic as well and others, looking at other countries' widespread use of, of imaging. And it, it is much more common globally than, than here in the U.S. Uh, some states or some countries that um, have adopted imaging privileges also have intra-country differences similar to the U.S. For instance, in Canada, Alberta, you can order whatever you want. And then right next door in British Columbia, you can't order anything. So there, the UK, it's widespread uh, use. Australia, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Sweden, Brazil, I could go on and on. They have some aspect of imaging privileges for, for their PTs. It's certainly not global entirely. There are many countries that, that don't allow it, but I would say we're, um, we're a little bit behind the eight ball on this one. Does it follow patterns of direct access around the globe or is it quite different? That is a great question, very insightful, and it does. It, it follows, the, the more PTs are in direct access roles, the more likely it is that they have privileges to order imaging. Another thing you, you and your colleagues talk about in your piece is that most education programs in the U.S. for PTs are including education on referral for imaging, and they're focusing on indications for it, as well as clinical reasoning and integration of the, uh, uh, the results into their practice. Do, you, do we know much about how effective that education is currently? It's a really hard thing to measure and quantify in and of itself, of course. Uh, what we can say is that the PT board exams now include content related to the topic you just mentioned. So they have to be tested in some formal way on their ability to, to incorporate this knowledge. As I mentioned, the civilian world has a little bit of data now on, on when PTs actually refer directly for imaging, and the data is very, very good. Um, we did a five-year retrospective analysis on imaging use in Washington, D.C., and when you compare the imaging use rate as well as what therapists ordered if they ordered the right thing, the, the data is actually better than other first contact providers PAs, other physicians, um, we use it less and we use it more appropriately is at least what the initial evidence is indicating for the PT world. You talk about the importance of uh, communication, PT to radiologists, PT to other medical specialties. And you say that's not as well understood, nor is it as well incorporated into education. Why do you think that's the case? That's very disturbing. It, no doubt it is. Um, part of it may be that it isn't an expectation uh, in PT curriculum for, for their students to eventually be able to order imaging directly. 
that's not on the, really the radar. It's, it's not a, a preparation for physical therapists, future physical therapists to actually be in that world. And so it's not taught. And, and that's unfortunate. However, the flip side of that coin is I, I think we do a pretty good job with educating our future therapists on how to talk, how to communicate to other providers, meaningful, relevant, timely information. Sometimes that information is concerning, but we do that on a regular basis. And I think those those inherent skills that you need as a, as a colleague of another healthcare provider are being addressed in, in PT school. What I'm going to say next is purely anecdotal, but I have several good friends who are physicians. And when I talk to them about this issue, they're shocked. They know nothing about the fact that physical therapists can refer for imaging uh, and so it raises the question of what's being done to educate our colleagues in medicine about this expanding role of the physical therapist, because there's two sides to that coin, right? Mm -hmm. We can educate therapists, but for example, if the radiologists have no appreciation for this, that's not going to help the situation when the therapist is trying to make a referral. Do you know anything about that? A little bit. Uh, there's a huge gap to your point. I don't, I don't know if it's just anecdotal. I'd say that most of the, the PTs that I know would say the same thing, that physicians really don't have an appreciation that this is something PTs do or really what PTs do in general. I, th I think we have a, a ways to go there. Um, my experience with radiologists themselves, again, after they've graduated from medical school and they're in that specific discipline has been very, very positive. Radiologists are very open to this idea of PTs being in this world and doing this for several years now. It, I have not had a negative interaction with a, a radiologist yet. And that says a lot about their, their discipline and their viewpoint on, on who we are um, as PTs. But I think the education comes a little bit more after they're actually out in the field rather than during medical school, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know if that's unfortunate or not because they're getting bombarded with so much True. in medical school. Although, you know, what's, what's important gets included. What's not important is not included. And that sends a subliminal message. Exactly right. What I found, and this is a little, again, off topic and anecdotal with my friends, what scares them more is direct access to physical therapists. That tends to blow them away because they feel that therapists aren't uh, qualified for direct access, that they don't, um, they don't have sufficient diagnostic skills to know when to treat and when to refer. Have you encountered that at all in, in your work? Oh, for 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that the landscape is, is shifting a bit on that now. Fortunately, when I started as a PT, it was extremely common for that perspective to, to be out there. It, it's changing uh, slowly, but it, but it is changing. As you mentioned, the evidence is just overwhelmingly in support of direct access now. It's just undeniable that it, it works, it's safe, it's effective, and patients love it. Yeah, and there's no question. Well, we have the advantage of many decades of experience in the military. So it's not something new in the military, um, which is very helpful in terms of evidence and 
Yeah. Change takes a long time. You know, one of the, you mentioned in your article, one of the determining factors is the um, legal scope of practice is established by a state's practice act, which governs the therapist license and rules of practice. How broadly is imaging incorporated into the state practice acts? Is, is it a wide open um, picture or is it still a fight that's being engaged? Absolutely the latter, a fight. Um, some practice acts, again, similar to direct access, are just really silent on this topic. So it's really open to interpretation. In fact, many are that way. Some practice acts look like they prohibit this practice privilege at first glance, but in reality, they, they don't. Meaning physical therapy um, will not include radiology. That sentence is listed in some practice acts. And so the, the question is, what is radiology? Well, we, we aren't advocating that we um, are radiologists at all. I, I don't think that that would be the, the point. So digging a little bit deeper into the, your own Practice Act language is important. There are a few states that have updated their Practice Acts formally. Um, in addition to updating Practice Acts, there are formal PT board opinions. Some states that weighs heavily and other states that doesn't have weight at all. But for, for what we know of, of currently, there are uh, seven states that currently formally allow PTs to do this. There are many states that are silent. There are two other states, uh, Rhode Island and North Dakota, that are, are close to the finish line of adopting formal direct access or, uh, imaging privileges. So the other states are Wisconsin, Washington, D.C., Maryland, Colorado, Utah, and New Jersey. And so we're hoping that that number increases, you know, incrementally probably, but every year that it gets better and better. Is it your sense that organized medicine is trying to slow or stop this development or are they agnostic with respect to referral by PTs? I have not encountered the, the pushback from other organizations um, really at all. There, there's some questions sometimes about, do you have the right training and are you going to overutilize it and that kind of thing, but certainly not the same pushback that there was for direct access. Yeah, they're not I haven't seen that. They're not threatened by this. To me, uh, it doesn't appear to be that way. No. Yeah. Well, finally, one of the last uh, statistics that really blew me away in your perspective, you note that it's been estimated that up to 65%. Tell me if I got this right up to 65% of clinically relevant findings found via diagnostic imaging are inappropriately managed by the referring provider. Is, is that a correct statistic? It is, and that should keep us up at night. Um, Absolutely. It is. Especially when you're managing things like tumors and, and infections and those kinds of things. So that data that we know about is really... Um, doesn't involve the, the PT world yet. Right. So it's really a, a cautionary tale for us as PTs as we enter into this environment of, of being a player in that equation now. We need to be very mindful about how we manage the, the result of the, re, of the image. And our mantra in this paper and whenever we talk about this is um, the referring provider owns the yeah. results. And we may not be as used to that as we, as we need to be. 
I think there might be some issues related to when the orders are put in place. If it's a Friday night and I put in an order for an MRI and then I leave for the weekend, if those results come back on a Saturday or Sunday and they need my attention, I need to be available to manage that if, if I ordered it. So things like that, that we're not used to considering as PTs need to be considered. Your uh, article is incredibly timely. It's a very important topic. And I want to thank you for publishing it in PTJ. I encourage our listeners to take a look at it. And um, I thank you, Dr. Kyle, for taking the time today to talk about it with me. Well, it's been a pleasure, Dr. Jetty. And just want to thank again my colleagues for their immense contributions to this project. It, it couldn't have been done alone, that's for sure. So thank you again for the opportunity. This is an APTA podcast.